full moon, really bright. Yeah, yeah. They're walking towards the cemetery, and he says, we get to where the tombs are, and it's listed here as chap, but it's probably whatever, my friend, my my, my bro, etc. My dog. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the Faded Through Time podcast. I'm Isaiah, and I'm here with Noah, your co-host. And tonight is a spooky night. We're going to talk about the scariest things through history. But why, no. And why are we talking about the scariest stuff? Because it's Halloween, my it's guy. Halloween. And it's a wonderful time. Spooky but, season. But Noah. So there have been spooky motherfuckers. There have been some terrifying people in terrifying history. Terrifying people. Genghis Khan. Attila the Hun. Uh, uh, Hercules, that man, you know, he's mythos. Al Capone. He, he can rip you apart, especially if you're his wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Al Capone, who he shot Blackbeard. up those... Mafia members. The Valentine's Day Massacre. Terrible. You've got Blackbeard on the, the Queen Anne. Think about he you, Blackbeard would light fuses in his beard to just like like to intimidate to seem scary pirates. Yeah. Well, so he, that smoke would come out of his his face. He, That's he, terrifying. There's some t- there's some scary people in history. A Catholic man with a Viking running towards you. Scariest times in the world. Vikings. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, especially when they're on shrooms and whatever they like to get into. <laughs> yes. But there is one that I think sort of stands out above the rest. Charles II's face, but go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Charles the Hideous. <laughs> yes. That's now, a, that's, a, that's a scary that's, motherfucker. Oh God, that's dude. a scary one. Year Woo. after year, he defined the odds and was still alive. That Habsburg <laughs> chin, man. Mm, beautiful. Man. No, but I there's there's one that I think just sort of stands above all the other ones because his his name sort of is synonymous with being being the scariest you can be. If you if someone calls you Vlad the Impaler, they're they're terrified of you. Bro, Vlad was a leader of Wallachia and he came to power by tumultuous means because you have the Kingdom of Hungary nearby and the the Muslim Ottomans ruling all of their their territory directly next to him. He actually has his older brother and mother murdered. As you do. I don't think it was ordered by him. I think he was still a child at that point. But, you know, that's a rough way to start out. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. Having your, your eldest sibling killed. And maybe it starts as early as there, but we don't see the impaling come straight away. Okay. He doesn't see, it's not something that it's like, you know, well, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer. We'll talk about another scary person in history. Yeah, he's terrible. Jeffrey Dahmer right now, he's a big thing right now. On Netflix. But yeah. Have you watched that? Mm, I haven't. Dude, it's actually kind of good. But uh, something like that where it's, maybe you see a whole life spot, a lifetime of, of this cruel behavior, but it doesn't really seem to start that way. It's something that comes up later. He, he fights Transylvanian Saxons, so it's something... It's an internal conflict. And it seems like that's when he snaps. Mm. That it's like, come on, even the people that are underneath me, they, they need to submit. And then he gets, maybe it's there that he gets this idea. What I need to send a message. And that's when he plundered Saxon villages, captured the people, brought them to Wallachia, and impaled them. And that's the first one. So it seems like it was retaliation against an internal conflict. They just decided just to put people on a stick and was like, yeah, I'm going to show them right on the roads. Yeah, well, you'd have them wherever he wanted them. He could have them. He would have banquets sometimes in like the royal courtyard. And just have them around. To, yeah, have them up on spikes. And he would he would dip his bread into it and, and eat it. Oh, so he's a cannibal too. Yeah, the, uh, there are records that go as far to say that, yes, he ate human flesh that was cooked, or even some that say he just ate raw flesh, which is, is terrifying in and of itself. We aren't certain if he went that far. I would think at the very least he drank blood, which is where we get the whole Dracula thing, because Vlad the Impaler's real name is Vlad Dracul, mm. and Dracula is is the vampire that is associated with Don't Bram you think Stroke's it's kind of crazy that story. it's something like that can have an influence like the movie. I can't believe Vlad the Impaler named his a city after a movie, man. 
with that movie that that, that Dracula's in as well. Which, which Hotel Transylvania, bro? It's like from Fortnite. Like all those guys are getting their own movies. Now this man is just <laughs> naming cities out of a movie with Adam Sandler. Well, Tra- Transylvania is like a region. Oh, that's fair. I get, <laughs> but still, <laughs> but uh, to think of how that scary of an image with with Vlad the Impaler impaling people, eating brought people's to blood. something a little maybe less scary but still terrifying of of a vampire who lives off in a castle on his own, sucking the blood of, of victims, down to. To, we have this sort of we have Sesame Street's count, which is a vampire, but he 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 just counts and you know he does his his fun little segments on Sesame Street all the way down to now like the Hotel Transylvania. He's like the main character and someone you're supposed to be rooting for. Like he's just a hotel manager, bro. He's just, he's <laughs> the guy from fucking Sweet Life on Deck. Uh, <laughs> Mosby. Mosby. He's like Mosby. <laughs> what, what? How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> but to to go with how how scary Vlad the Impaler was, the the Ottoman Sultan, right? So mm-hmm. his name was Mehmet the Second. He sent some some envoys to say, hey, um, we'd like you to convert to Islam and you can you can join us and we'll all be part of this massive empire. Um, he impaled the envoys. Good, um, as you should. <laughs> as you should. You know, obviously the messenger. Yeah. <laughs> and then later he would attack Ottoman territory, massacring tens of thousands of Turks. So, I mean, it... <laughs> so did he like select each stick that was going to be impaled? Did he impale, like, what, what was the best way to impale somebody? I think he actually liked to vary it. Oh. So there were there were some that okay. were directly like on the stomach that it was just straight down. Okay. Some okay. some were forced to sit on them. Ooh, some forced to sit on it. Now they enjoyed every moment. I don't want to hear it. They enjoyed maybe the first five seconds. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> and then the rest of it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, the wooden point. I want you point. to stick on this blade. Accidentally slips on it. <laughs> accidentally. What are you doing, step pole? <laughs> Whoa, Vlad! I didn't know this is how you impaled people. Whoa, Vlad! <laughs> but uh, there, they also from the side, from the back, it was something that. Oh, from the, the side. Ugh. Yeah, the the image of the the forest of corpses is sort of the image that you get when. He, I, I referenced the banquet earlier. He was going for an image of a bloody forest. Mm-hmm. So just like not how every tree is the same, he would want them all positioned in different angles, different ways to make it look like a patch of trees. Now, did he replace them like you would place flowers in your house if it gets too rotten or too dead? That's something I, I don't get know if he left fresh. them there to rot. Let that, me let me look. Okay. The best I can find is that the bodies were left on display. Oh. So I think at some point when they get too rotten, they would probably dispose of them. But again, those are bodies that probably could have been eaten by birds. Mm-hmm. So something like that could have been picked to bones fairly quickly. But I would I would not be surprised. I would I could easily imagine them getting the bodies and throwing them into a pauper's grave, something not very Dignified getting rid of the bodies in mass. I can see Vlad just walking by, showing people in his little. You said he has dinners and, and actually mm. displays them. Be like, I, as you can see, this is my fall collection. Uh, this is the Turkish <laughs> over here. Uh, this is from the latest campaign. Mm-hmm, this fucker right here. <laughs> These ones we had shipped in from Romania. Yeah. Shripped and fell over another dead body. <laughs> <laughs> right on a stick. This, this, this one's the worst fighter I've ever seen. Oh, he he really tried. Mm-hmm. This one's still breathing, as you can see. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes, it's okay. It's okay. Slowly. A little further now. <laughs> Just shove them further down. Stacking them on top of each other. He oh, would have liked this this way anyway. Oh, the, he, I, I don't know if he ever stacked, like, multiple on the same spike, but, like, imagine, like, a pine tree of, of bodies like that. Instead of, like, the forest of corpses, you've got, like, like, just like a, the, like like the rain stacks. It's like, a, it's like a sandwich. Just like a layered sandwich. Like a layered sandwich. <laughs> this is the cheese. This is the ham. <laughs> well, he already had the bread to dip in. Oh, so. yeah. The two little chubby ones at the bottom and at the top, and the little thin slices of the thin, mm. thin warriors. <laughs> but I'm but, at, 
imagine no. being so ferocious and so cruel to forever be associated with being scary, being terrifying. Yeah, and having a fucking, one of the scariest creatures, Dracula, one of the main mm. ones, vampires, mm. be named solely after you. There's been many other creatures and stuff, specifically ghosts. Mm. Like, people are scared of ghosts still. And mm. I understand, because, you know, that's creepy as hell, and it's the afterlife, and yeah. what would you expect? Yeah, there's this sort of great unknown that happens after we die, and humans have often turned to the spiritual side to try to figure it out. And one of the answers often given is ghosts, that there is this sort of spectral ooze you can be after after life that sort of lingers beyond in the ethereal plane but the the original writing the first ghost story or the first like haunting described is written by let me make sure i get this correct here pliny uh pliny the elder who is a a famous roman historian and I this like comes it. from no this is pliny the younger i'm sorry so this is actually a little bit later this would be around 61. Okay, so Pliny the Elder is 61 to 113 AD. So that's his lifespan. So this is probably around 180. Okay, okay. Um, so very he, long ago. Yes, yeah, so this is ancient Rome. This is actually Pliny the Younger lives around the, the pinnacle of Roman history. You're looking at. When everything was chill, not everybody fighting each other? Yeah, you're looking at Augustus. Right around that. Oh, time. that beautiful so, man. Yeah. Okay. So you, you've got Augustus. You've got the Pax Romana going on, which means that Rome is super stable right now. You've got Rome looking beautiful. Everything's marble. So he's living in a very, very great time to be alive. But he writes this story. It's a letter to Lucinius Sora. So he's he's writing to someone. And I love that the first thing he does is you ever you ever talk to someone about ghosts, but you like you like make sure like you ask them first. Like you go, hey, like. Do you believe in ghosts? Like, I just want to make sure. Like, do you like do you do you believe in this stuff? Like, I, I want to tell you something, but like, do you believe? And again, and that, yeah. that's the first thing he does. He says, mm -hmm. "So I should very much like to know whether you think ghosts exist." That's the that's the way he starts off. Ooh, reels you in, and be like, "Ooh." So he's like, "That's he's, intriguing." He's, he's making sure first that hey, we're gonna talk about ghosts here. So if you don't believe, just stop reading. But like, do you believe in ghosts? Hmm, sometimes I'll tell you a story. Sometimes? One time when I was a kid, okay. I was talking with my uncle at the bottom of the steps of our old house. Mm -hmm. And we were just talking, I don't know what it is. And for some odd reason, we both looked directly up the steps. Mm -hmm. And we just see someone kneeling down at the top of the steps and just books the other way. So me and my uncle just dart up the steps. And we oh. didn't know what it was. We searched the entire house. There was no window was open it, or anything it, what, like that. What did it look like? It was just a dark figure. That's it. It was a, just it was just all it, black. Yeah, literally. Ooh, that's that's scary. That is spooky. Uh, so that ghost is kind of I that's kind of terrifying where it's just an all black figure. But now I okay, so that that ghost didn't look like a stereotypical ghost flip. If you think of a stereotypical ghost, what do you, what are you what are you picturing in your mind? Not like the cartoon ghost you're thinking of, t right? T tell me what. T uh, lay it out for me, Flip. A stereotypical ghost. Like, like, like a, little, a sheep. A sheep, <laughs> and you're rattling chains and showing up. Spooky. Pliny describes a, a ghost, a haunting that. Well, he's actually listing three ghost stories in the, in the, the letter. Mm -hmm. He's telling us about a haunted house with rattling chains. You've got the ghost. It's a, it's Athenodorus, which is literature's first ghost breaker. He rents the, the haunted mansion with the intention of discovering the truth about the ghost. So it's like a story of someone who's like ghost hunting. Yeah. Oh, like, seriously? Yeah. So it's like he's he's going, he's renting out this place. He hears it's haunted. He's, he's, he's going to stay there the night. And he's visited by this ghost. Now you have to think the whole, the whole mantra of what a ghost is, that's not established. So like, this is the OG ghost story. Mm -hmm. So like what I'm about to explain to you is going to sound like you've heard it 400 times before, but, but yes, this is probably the first time because he explains that he's, he spends the night he he's awakened by the rattling chains. 
He sees the specter before him. He is the, the specter tells him to take the lamp and follow him to the courtyard. The ghost goes to the courtyard. They leave out and the ghost disappears. And the next day, get this ready Mm -hmm. in a twist that no one suspects. They dig up the yard where the ghost was disappearing into and find a skeleton and the ghost never came back then because they gave the body a proper burial. Wow. So now flip. Doesn't that sound like every single ghost story you've ever heard ever? Yeah, but think about hearing <laughs> that shit in 100 AD. I know, like I'd be out of my I'd be out of my boots. I'd be sh- I'd minute. be shivering. Wait a minute. There's always wait for each even ancient Greece, people have talked to the dead in like in like uh, ancient Greece stories. So that kind of makes sense how that goes along with that. But I, I love how 100% that's like the stereotype. Yeah. Like that's 100% to a T what a ghost story is. But that's like the original one. Pliny the Younger's. And there's there's other ones that he goes into. There's other little hauntings that he, he describes. But it's that one that's like the ghost story. Mm-hmm. And I mean... I can show you the image here, but like, look at that. That ghost looks like like Scooby Doo is about to jump out and be like rut row. I'm telling you right now, it looks like the first ghost, Jiminy. What's his name? Scrooge. What's his Ebenezer Scrooge? Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh my god, said Jiminy. (laughs) Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. But you're talking the third ghost. No, the first ghost. Oh, the the first because he's unchanged, bro. No, you mean um, you mean um, Marley, the ghost of Marley. Yeah. Well, okay, so the. The ghosts of, of of Christmas past, present, and future. Mm. The past one is the lady that's glowing. Yeah. The the present one is the dude in the green robe. And the future one is the dude that's all black and really scary and, mm. and points. The ghost of Bob Marley is the one that shows up to tell Ebenezer Scrooge, hey, there's three ghosts coming. He's the one all in chains. But the ghost of... Yeah, the first one. The first ghost he meets is the one in all chains. Of Jacob Marley. It's Jacob Marley. I yeah. think I said Bob Marley. Bob Marley smokes a lot of weed. Jacob Marley. Yes. I think it's Jacob Marley is the is the ghost he's referencing. But yeah, that uh, of of the ghost in in that movie, yeah. It looks like Jacob Marley's waking up Ebenezer Scrooge to tell him, "Look out, there's going to be three ghosts coming." Spooky, my boy. But <laughs> <laughs> but what a great what a great ghost story. And I mean, the the trope of of needing a proper burial or or laying the body to rest, so to speak has always persisted that ghosts that that mantra of ghosts staying in in this plane for the reason of needing to be buried properly or the body is still unknown etc cetera, etc cetera. them needing that final purpose to then finally leave mm, to pass on to the afterlife i i think that's cool that that's sort of always been since since roman times they've thought of ghosts as needing to stick around to to Fulfill that final purpose. Mm-hmm. They gotta, they gotta pass on. But I love that, that that one has the good ending. It's uh, it's he let him, he let him right to it. Yeah, it, it wasn't even that much of a miss. You didn't even need a talking dog to figure that one out. <laughs> Car scoot. He, he was like, this ghost didn't fuck around. Flip. He was like, do you want to know where the body is? Let me show you. Right. <laughs> Bro, grab the lamp. <coughs> you want to see a dead body? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me get my Yoda hat on first. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Logan Paul. Oh, my God, guys. <laughs> oh, my God, guys. I think that's a dead body. <laughs> yeah, it's me, a dead body. Let me, let me get the camera. Mom, get the camera. <laughs> oh what a God. good ending, though, for that story, getting to actually disappear and be in the, in the, in the beyond. If you want to hear what the other ones of those plenty ones, it's about there's a slave who dreams of a boy cutting his hair and then waking up to find out that his hair's been cut. And then the the same thing happens to his brother later. But that just kind of sounds like to me that mom and dad did that while the child while the kids were asleep to actually just get a haircut done with them being asleep. Or, you know, someone was really just meant to grow up to be a barber, because if you're dreaming about bo- about doing people's hair in your sleep and you're executing like. Dude, you should you should just be a barber. That, that man point. does twenty four hour service. <laughs> <laughs> but ghosts, ghosts are spooky as heck, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's other things out there who are spooky, creepy like that because people aren't dressing up as ghosts all the time. They're also dressing up these dragons, mm-hmm. these skeletons. Do you want to hear? There is there's one example of Romans talking about 
werewolves. Werewolves. Yep they they're they have the original werewolf story too. Okay. Okay. And this one's a little bit shorter. We'll we'll go about it pretty quickly here. But I wanted I want to describe to you. We won't spend too much time talking about what a werewolf is. We'll okay. just we'll if a man changing into another animal or or, or shape shifting has always been in mythos going way back. Zeus did it to bang somebody. Zeus and I'm I'm talking like even in Native American mythology, you've got shapeshifter shapeshifters and, and trickster gods and stuff like that who will who will change their shapes. So we've always had that sort of of idea that a person can change into this and then change back. Well, the first werewolf story we have, I don't want to talk too much about the werewolf itself because it's, it's, it's exactly what you think. It is a little bit more on the wolf end. He's not very, it's more like he changes into a wolf rather than being a werewolf. Being a man wolf. Yeah. He, not a, not a mixture Just of gross the two. It's more like he, he changes into it, but it's, it's the, process of how he changes into this werewolf that i think is deserving of our discussion does he go like inside out or something no okay so it's the story comes to us from gaius petronius arbiter so this is around around 66 AD. so this is actually around the same time Think about think about hearing this ghost story and the werewolf story and it's like you're getting these these very stereotypical Monsters that we talk about today, but they're you could hear about them in ancient Rome. Mm-hmm. You'd hear them walking around the forum. They probably have some sort of of autumn time festival that you would probably hear these kinds of stories being told. And they just jam out, and they'll be like, and they're and they're eating their hakasha cakes and all that, and just chilling, <laughs> <laughs> eating all the. Hakusha. No, they would have the opium pills. Oh yeah, you're right. You you're right. Walk down the street and get opium pills in uh, in ancient Rome. I, I, I see it in Rome, bro. As seen in Rome. Check out that episode. Um, <laughs> but the werewolf story comes from Petronius, and this is around the same time as the the ghost story. And it comes from the Satyricon, which is Nicero's story. And it tells how Nicero is is Nicero is a slave and he's walking with his master. And the master goes away. He goes on a night walk with a friend who's a soldier. Okay. And he says, the moon was shining like noontime. So it's full moon, really bright. Yeah, yeah. They're walking towards a cemetery and he says, we get to where the tombs are. And it's listed here as chap, but it's probably whatever. My friend, my my bro, etc. My dog. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait. (laughs) I'm not there yet, bro. (laughs) He, he, it says, my, my chap starts making for the gravestones while I, singing away, keep going and start counting the stars. So yeah. he's a little bit lackadaisical. He's walking around. He's enjoying the, the nighttime and his friend's walking wow. towards the, the tombs. Oh, no, and it yeah. says, then just as I look back at my mate, here's where it gets incredibly wild, Flip. You're going to have to hold on to your pants here, Flip. Ready? Okay. Remember, he's this. When you think about a werewolf, you think about just the moon is full. He howls, and suddenly he's a wolf, right? No, no, he goes and just feels it, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it like breaks his arm or something. Ready to hear this process of how he becomes a wolf? How's he become a wolf? Uh, here we go. Ready? Yeah, I'm believing. Just then, as I looked back at my friend, he stripped off and laid all his clothes by the side of the road. My heart. He then says, "My heart was in my mouth." Obviously, you're not knowing what your friend is doing. Whoa, 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 whoa. I his still, heart was in his mouth? That man was looking at him in a way they wanted to use his mouth. That's no, mm. no, no. He made up this excuse to cover that entire line his entire life. Well, the, 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 <laughs> the, no, the next part says, I stood there like a corpse. So he, he said, no, no. So he, he sees his friend standing there nude. Mm-hmm. He says, oh my God, my heart's in my, my throat. I'm standing there like a corpse. I don't know what's going on. Ready for this flip? Anyway, he pissed a ring around his clothes and suddenly turned into a wolf. Why did he pee around his fucking clothes? I, I don't know. Why did he watch him pee around these clothes? 
I would stand there like a corpse too. I, I, if Flip, if you stripped off all your clothes and just on the side of the road started peeing a ring around the clothes, I I don't know what I would do. I would stand there like a corpse too. I would tell you to turn away, motherfucker. Would you want me to look at you? <laughs> You'd be like, give me a second, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Would you want me to watch you pee around your clothes butt naked in the middle of the street? But then you'd also turn into a wolf. But then I, well, well in that case, you I would, would turn into a wolf. But then I'd be turning into a wolf. But like, oh my, what, what? What? Ew. And then you want to know the craziest, this, that, that's not even the craziest part yet, Flip. Okay, okay. The werewolf runs off. His friend. Yeah. And Nisero looks at the man's clothes, which have turned to stone. Like, like actual stone or are they just, are they just a stone version? Uh, like, like, like to stone, like, like, like rock versions of the clothing that were still sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What the fuck? And he runs off to, he runs off to a nearby villa to see that the widow's sheep have been attacked by a wolf. Wow. So it's like, ooh, ooh. Told him his secret. He says, bro, I eat these. And he says the next morning, Nisero finds the, the soldier who's the friend in bed nursing a throat wound. Mm-hmm. 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 A throat wound. <laughs> <laughs> a throat wound. So, so he's, he's in bed the next day just kind of like uh, hurt with a hurt neck. Fighting sheep? What a bitch. <laughs> to think that like it, it sounds so stereotypical. Yeah, yeah. The change to a wolf attacks some sheep. Mm-hmm. And so you get but to that, the part where he transforms. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we, we had the ghost story was like dead on. Rattling chains, spectral ghost. You've got to find the body and I'm gone. Versus I'm going to pee a circle around my clothes naked and turn into a wolf. Ha. Huh. He was on some shrooms, bro. Probably. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't opium. On the opium. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That, o- ooh, that opium. Mm. It must have been laced with something. <laughs> what? What? what can opium be laced with? That's, That's a different type of opium. How can it get worse? <laughs> Dang, I was walking down through the Roman Forum and I bought these opium pills. Can you imagine they were laced? <laughs> what? They made me feel worse. <laughs> I use it to escape reality, not to understand it. But if it's worse, it just kills you. It's laced with nightshade. You're just dead. Like, there's nothing that you can lace it with that's worse that you're going to survive. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But spooky, scary monsters, man. Wolves. Spooky stuff. Spooky stuff. So, monsters. We talked about, like, the mm. oldest ghost story. Mm. What's like the oldest monster? Is there like a Godzilla? There. Okay. So I want to talk specifically about the the Epic of Gilgamesh, which I think we've covered before. I think we've talked about it at least a little a bit. A little bit, yeah. It's the oldest story recorded. So that's why I bring it up because I wanted to see what's the scariest thing in that story. So like what's what's the what's the what was scary enough to make it into the the oldest story we have recorded? You want to something weird, Flip? What's that? Gilgamesh is a hero who's trying to seek immortality. Okay, so he's this this the, the standard hero. the The monster I'm gonna describe. He didn't even face this monster. It's not something that he has to go out and defeat. This is actually just a side character in the story, but it's terrifying, Flip. Bro, side side uh, boss. It's an NPC. It's, it's an, an NPC. You ever fought? You ever fight a side boss in a video game? Yeah, I've I've fought side bosses flip, but this I'm talking like an like a guard flip. Like I'm just, I'm just talking like you're walking through Skyrim and like he's gonna start telling you about how he took an arrow to the knee, like like mm. that kind of an NPC. Okay. In the Epic of Gilgamesh, there are gatekeepers. They are guarding. I want to make sure they stand guard outside the gates of the sun god Shamash at the mountains of Mashu. So they're standing guard at these gates. Flip, do you know what a centaur is? A centaur? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a horseman or something. It's a half man, half horse. Yeah. So it's, it's to de- describe what a centaur is. A man's head, a man's torso, and a man's arms attached to a horse's body with a horse's four legs and a tail. So imagine a centaur, right? But instead of a horse, it's a scorpion. 
Oh. Okay, that's cool. Flip, that's that's terrifying. The Rock, bro. <laughs> the Scorpion King. <laughs> <laughs> the they they were created by the these Scorpion men were created by Tiamat to wage war against the younger gods and for vengeance for the murder of her mate Apsu. And to think that they have such this storied backstory to now be standing for in the the epic of Gilgamesh to be standing gate for the the sun god Shamash. Like, you need to, it's the same image of the the full man yeah. to then turn into the body of the scorpion and then have the tail. And again, this isn't even someone that he's facing or, like, any sort of, of, of like, bad entity. They're just standing guard, Flip. He's already arrested. Well, he's, he actually, I, he's just passing them on the way in. Okay, okay. Let me, let me read here. Uh, I, wonder if, I wonder if there's more stories about that guy specifically. About the about the, the scorpion? scorpions? Yeah, the scorpion people. That'd be interesting to look into. The the gates gave entrance to Kernugi. Okay. The land of darkness, so that's essentially going to be their their hell or their See, Mesopotamian hell is not as bad as the modern thought of it. Because you're thinking of it being constant torture where you're on fire and et cetera. You're being hunted by demons. Mm-hmm. In in ancient Mesopotamia, they just kind of thought it was like a dark cave in, in the afterlife. And then when people forgot about you, you just kind of faded. You faded through time, but not in a good way. Oh, just like in Coco. Yeah. Dude, I'm just, telling you. Just like that. They all connect. Just like that. Oh. Um, where if, if you're forgotten about, you're, you would fade. Th- you would just fade into existence. That's why that's why that dude with the guitar is so f- fucking set. Yeah. <laughs> the the main singer in that song. Yeah. Especially in that, in that movie. You know, you, you think about it. You can, you can remain through history by doing really, 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 really good things. Or mm. really, 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 really fucked up things. And now think about... Well, I'm just saying nothing about Gilgamesh having the, the oldest story recorded. Mm-hmm. He found immortality. Yeah. He will forever be remembered. But nothing about this. Is Gilgamesh just kind of wandering down there in in Mesopotamian hell alone? Because there are not many Mesopotamians that we remember. Is it just like a huddle of like five guys that we're still remembering that are just like, we, can they just let us go? We've been I hope here they for- argue with each other. Like, oh, <laughs> be fucking I, stay stick to your corner of eternity <laughs> yeah what's stay the hell there. man stay over there hope you get forgotten <laughs> bro i'm trying to forget about you <laughs> it's just like sargon and gilgamesh and enkidu all guys just like talking. <laughs> i think i'm gonna forget myself <laughs> i'm trying to forget i'm trying to forget my history dude <laughs> They're, they're like, can't they just let us go? <laughs> nah, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure people who died around that little area are still there with them. They get to meet new weird people. Well, <laughs> I, I hope that the all oh, if if that's if that's the correct outlook on what the afterlife is, then maybe everyone's down there and just wandering. Well, people who are people who are just uh, just like current people who are, who are passing away now, just the, going into the people who aren't forgotten anyway. Oh. Yeah, think about it. Uh, well, well, we all hope that we don't end up forgotten, Flip. That's true. That's all right. Zeus is there. Zeus will always be there. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to, to to ascend to Mount Olympus. Yes, yes, and not down, down, down there. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of Greek. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about some monsters that showed up in Greek mythology? The Odyssey. Yeah, the Odyssey has some freaking terrifying monsters in that one, too. Yeah. Because we have they the... They kill people. <laughs> yes. Um in we have the the two famous myths of of Greek heritage. You have the Iliad and the Odyssey, right? Mm. The Iliad describes the more mortal the war against the Trojans, the Trojan horse, that whole story. And that How actually they, may or may not have happened. That yeah, that that that's probably at this point definitely leaning to more likely it's more likely that a war between the Greeks and the Trojans happened. Because it makes have, sense. We have archaeological evidence relating to a destruction period of the, the city of Troy around that time. So whether it was done 
with a Trojan horse or the way they describe it there, or if it's that straightforward of a victory, we're not entirely sure. But... Dude, I'm telling you, Mythos, man. Mythos, I'm sure all that stuff actually did happen. The, yeah, the, there's always some sort of connection, at the very least, to, to, to something some that history. actually happened. Yeah, exactly. Like, what, 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 something what, to connect Shout to. out to uh, 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 Religion for Breakfast or something mm. like that. He, he goes into a deep dive of, like, of religious texts and how they actually relate to history, but going with the Odyssey. There are two monsters. Well, okay, let's throw in the, the, the very famous one that uh, Odysseus meets on his journey. So the Odyssey is the story of Odysseus returning from the Trojan War to try to get back to... Oh, I can't think of... Ithaca. He's the, he's the king of Ithaca. Okay. Um, which is, if you think about the Greek map, you know how it's like Sparta would be at the very base of it. Hmm. You've got Athens a little bit further north. I'm going to depict it your way. So you've got Sparta here, Athens here. Okay. His island is like on the other side of Greece. You think how they're all the speckled islands over on this side? Yeah, on the... He's actually over on the... He's at the west of Greece. Hmm. So he's got to try to sail from what is now modern-day Turkey through all those islands and around Greece to get to where he needs to be. Mm. Oh, boy, does he miss. <laughs> Christopher Columbus. <laughs> mm. like a the predecessor. <laughs> Finally, a worthy opponent. <laughs> Put them against each other. Who would win in a fight? Oh, that's Christopher Columbus, bro. Columbus versus Odysseus. That'd be a, that'd be a funny. That if only Columbus wasn't already used in an epic rap battle of history, that would be a fun one. Uh, it really should be. Hear me out. Hear me out. I'm hearing Odysseus. Yeah. Versus Dorothy. Dorothy and the the Wizard of Oz. No, oh, because they go through some crazy think, mythology. Think about her journey. It's it it. The whole story of the Wizard of Oz is start in one place, get to the other. Mm. And in the Odyssey, you've got start in one place, get to the other. They just copied each other. I, my, my ancient history teacher once said every story boils down to an Iliad or an Odyssey. You're either fighting a war, whatever the conflict is, is right here. You're fighting, sometimes it's an internal war, that it's, you're trying to figure out what you're doing with yourself. Mm. There's tons of stories that end up that way. Or an Odyssey where you're getting from point A to point B. That would be a fun battle there between Dorothy and Odysseus. But the monsters in the Odyssey, the most famous one that Odysseus meets in this long journey mm. is the Cyclops. The Cyclops, the He's, big giant thing with one eye. One eye. And the the famous way that he defeats the Cyclops is by telling him his name is nobody. Oh, he, he's, he says to the Cyclops that my name is, it would be essentially like me walking up to a, a foreigner and telling him my name is nobody. So that when he, this foreigner tries to find me, he would keep saying, I'm looking for nobody. I'm trying to find nobody. Mm. So when he's explaining in, in Greek, of course, he's saying that his name is this word mm. that means nobody. So the the men, the, the crew with Odysseus impale the Cyclops in the eye so he can't see. They run out the front of the, the cave and the Cyclops comes running out screaming, help me, nobody stabbed me, nobody, <laughs> nobody's hurt me. And the Cyclops are just, the other Cyclops on the island are just like, huh, okay. Yeah, I mean, what are you doing down there, dickhead? <laughs> I, I love how the Greeks are so They're stoic so in their in their ways, so so hysterical in their writing that they don't think if someone came running out of their home screaming, "Ow, I'm in pain," nobody's hurt me, that they wouldn't at least look, <laughs> like they wouldn't at least try to find out what's going on. No, I'd be like, look at this fucking dickhead again with his nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, nobody's hurt you. Whatever. Like, I, you wouldn't at least like. You just see? want the attention. <laughs> Boy who cried wolf. Nobody's gonna come. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody hurt you, and nobody's gonna help. <laughs> don't worry, you guys got each other. But now, hear me out. Okay. The Cyclops. I don't think that's even the scariest one in the story, Flip. Mm. There are two monsters, Flip. His parents. <laughs> 
<laughs> this isn't Beowulf. Damn it. <laughs> I, side note, speaking about scary monsters, Grendel in oh. Beowulf. I love how it, the Spooky next monster, shit. terrifying. Grendel's terrifying, but the, that it's always just listed as Grendel's mom. Yeah, she doesn't have a name. I, I love that. That it's just like Grendel's mother is is how she's referred to as. I like and she's we couldn't like, come up with like a name for her or they 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 just chose not to name her. Mm. Like she's a sucky bitch, bro. <laughs> she's just a thought. <laughs> she's a if she breathes, she's, she's a thought. No. But Grendel Grendel gets a cool name. And then there's a second monster in the story. She's gonna make it the mob. But back to the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. The there are two monsters that I think are a little bit scarier. Okay. The first one is Charybdis. Charybdis is... What an interesting name. Charyb- yeah. yeah. Charybdis is essentially a whirlpool. You need to think like the, the Mandalorian where it's like coming out of the sand pit. The What is that called? Was well, it just a sand a sinkhole or something like that? It just pulls in slowly or... You need to think about like the tentacles and the the teeth and the, I'm tr- the snarlack pit. Yeah, that he okay. get that the Boba Fett gets tossed into. Mm-hmm. That it's like there's this creature down there, but you need to think instead of sand, it's in the ocean. So it's like it's pulling stuff down. It's into, the kraken. Yeah, like that. It's, it's, it's tentacles everywhere. It's gonna pull ships down and just just swallow them. Mm. And then there's this other one called Scylla. 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 This one's the terrifying one, Flip, because we've talked about ghosts, we've talked about vampires, we've talked about werewolves, we've talked about scorpion men, mm-hmm. we've talked about cyclops, and we've talked about whirlpools. Scylla, you ready for this, Flip? Yeah. Greek mythology is crazy. I think we talked about the Chimera previously, about how wild that was with the lion, and with it's a lion body it's, with a goat head and, and a, a, snake a snake tail. tail. Yeah. So the Himara is is crazy. Ready yeah. for this? Yeah. Scylla, the first image I want you to have in your head is a mermaid. Hot? A, a beautiful mermaid, okay? Well, like squid feet. Instead of a, like, fish tail? Ursula. You've got to think Loch Ness Monster. Like, 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 sea monster tail. Not mm. just like a little fish tail, like instead of it just going and being like a, a nice shape. Like thousand leg. legs or something. No, out. no, no. Like like serpentine, like long, huge, like oh. body like yeah. Like terror like it beautiful maiden down to like Loch Ness Monster. Thousands God. of feet of like No tail. feet flip. Oh thousand okay. Thousands of feet of tail. That's what I meant. Thousands <laughs> okay. of feet of tail. But not thousands of feet. No, not thousands of feet. It's just that's how that's how long the a, tail is. A very long tail. A mile long tail. How about that? You want to use a fucking <laughs> no feet. A thousand a thousand feet long tail. Right, we get it. You don't have a foot fetish. <laughs> <laughs> but now it gets wilder, Flip. Oh. You, you there is a foot would... fetish. No, no, no. No. <laughs> she has the bodies of dogs oh? emerging from her lower abdomen. Three of them. She has three dogs. Three, like, it's like front. Sometimes it's depicted as heads and other times it's depicted as like fronts of bodies. So like including the front paws and like coming a little bit further. But like, what the fuck? (laughs) That's creepy as shit. That's that's terrifying. Like how, how do you come up with that? I love how instead of like, a secondary monster like Grendel is described as this otherworldly monster, this oozing, gooey kind of creature that's just awful. Mm-hmm. The Greeks are like, we're just going to smash it together and that's going to be the monster. Or like, we've got a lion and a goat and a snake and that's the chimera. Or we've got we've got three dogs and a woman and a sea monster and that's the, that's the next one. Like, a woman and a hawk. Harp. Harpy. That's what they ah, are. Ah, it's the harpy. Ah, there you go. There you go. That's another one. Just, oh my god, there's a lot of scary ones. The mermaid, Medusa. Mermaids, centaurs, Medusa, snakes. Just smack, just smack the, the animals together. It's just freaking everything, bro. <laughs> but now, here's the fun thing about these two monsters mm. with Scylla and Charybdis. We actually get a fun phrase from that. Getting caught between Scylla and Charybdis. Mm. Because... 
And here's where we get the connection to real life. Okay. We've got the phrase between Scylla and Charybdis means you might hear the phrase today being caught between a rock and a hard place. Okay. That it's like you've got this choice ahead of you that you're not going to come out unscathed on either side. It's going to be rough. It You've got choice A or choice B. Neither of them are really good. Mm. Odysseus, in his journey, remember how I said he's going to have to go around the tip of, of Greece and have to land on the east on the western side? He overshoots. He goes way beyond. He actually sails towards Italy. Oh. So he's continuing in the Mediterranean. And now the, he's going into this strait where he has the two options of Scylla or Charybdis. Now, here's the fun theory time. Ready, Flip? Okay. The strait that they're talking about is the Strait of Messina, I believe. Let me make sure that that's... It's Messina or Messinia? Messina. The Strait of Messina. And it's this very narrow passage between Sicily and the boot of Italy. Mm. So, you know, the triangular-shaped island off the coast of Italy right off the, the tip of the boot. Yeah, so he's gonna okay. he's gonna try to sail in between Italy's boot and Sicily. So it's that very narrow passage there between. There are essentially two sides you could sail on. You could sail towards the Italian side, yeah. towards the boot, mm-hmm. or the Sicilian side. Now here's the theory, right? The side towards Italy had natural whirlpools. Oh. So that side is Charybdis. Now, the thing is, the whirlpools, as of today, are small and really could only damage small vessels in bad conditions. But what is Odysseus sailing? He, he's probably... It's it's a, a 10 to 20 man crew, at least at the start. Mm. So, that how big is that boat, really? You've got maybe 10 people rowing? Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's... At, at best, a medium-sized boat. Like, you're not sailing a warship home. It, he's got a little... He's got... Where there's, like, bunks underneath and stuff. Mm, yeah, no. He, but he's not rocking a dinghy, either. It's not just him rowing. Mm. So, he, it's a little bit of a sailboat. But I think, yeah, that, that could that, that could be reasonable. That if, on a bad day, you could get caught up in a whirlpool and, I don't know, smack into the coast and sink yourself. Or if it's, like, like thunderstorming. You get those bad conditions. Anything could happen. Mm-hmm. The other side, Charybdis, the other side, Scylla, I mean, that one I'm not so sure about, but I think it could be one of two things. Okay. One is that there could have been a pirate at that time who was female that had such a bad reputation and also owned dogs. I think that would be a cool story of of Scylla being this pirate queen that she's got these three hounds with her. And she gets the reputation of, like, being a sea monster with, with dogs bursting forth from her. Mm-hmm. What about that long tail, though? Maybe she was just everywhere. On a, on a big boat. Mm-hmm. Or, or or maybe her boat's green or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or And she or was hot. She, and uh, absolutely. She's <laughs> freaking banging, dude. Yeah, from, mermaid oh. top. Bro. Mm. Come on. Everybody wants that. Mermaid top. <laughs> Specifically the top. <laughs> Only the top, please. <laughs> we'll stick with the upper half. <laughs> Um, my other theory would be that that side, that region specifically might have been more, I'm going to use the term barbaric, but that's too early to really say that. Okay. But you know, a less civilized region there Mm. that maybe you're having women warriors, something like that, where they'll release the hounds on you. Maybe it's referring to people that lived on that coast that maybe, Hey, you don't want to stay on that side. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. The story of Odysseus, which would you pick, Flip? You're stuck with that, with those options. You've got you've got whirlpools sucking you down, teeth, tentacles kind of monster. Or you've got you've got a smoking hot girl with the dogs. The smoking hot one, because at least I'll enjoy it. I mean, enjoy it. You know, I mean, if I get, ter- if I get pulled down to the sinkholes, bro, that's it. That's it. I'm going to drown. At least, at least, at least I'm going to get, like, stabbed in the chest by some, like, hot chick. 
<laughs> at least I get to see a hot girl one more time. Yeah, exactly. It's like, wow, look at those eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Just what a way to go. Wow. <laughs> Bluer than the ocean. Ripped apart by the dogs. <laughs> um, let me make sure I get this correct because Odysseus was advised to pass by Scylla and only lose a few sailors rather than risk losing his entire ship to the whirlpool which yeah that's i believe what he then chooses to do see what the hell and mm-hmm. and yes he loses some men in the process and he does escape to at least survive another day but he's lost a lot of men at that point but i think you know what hey that that idiom of being stuck between a rock and a hard place or here between Scylla and Charybdis I'm going to start using that in my day-to-day now. If I feel like I'm stuck between two bad options, I'm going to say, Flip, man, today I'm really between Scylla and Charybdis. And you're going to be like, dude, I've been there. Let me help you. <laughs> you pick the hot one every time. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a hot girl involved, at least you choose that option. God damn it, at least you enjoy it somewhat. It'll be so much better. <laughs> it's better to be sucked down. Well, it's better than being sucked down with teeth. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll take the hot girl, right, Flip? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh jeez! <laughs> Happy um, freaking Halloween! <laughs> All right, that was that was lovely talking about the monsters, the ghost, the creepy man, Vlad the Impaler. Some I wonder, spooky stuff for Halloween. That man was into some kinky shit. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, thank you to everybody who uh, who's been watching the podcast. It really does mean a lot hearing back from you guys saying that you know you do love it. You know. If you're watching this or listening to this, of course, you know, it's a podcast, my bad. And uh, <laughs> check out for a special mystery episode that might pop up somewhere. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. do have some lost footage that might be out there somewhere. For sure, for sure, for sure. And uh, if you're if you're listening to, uh, listening to this, remember to leave us a review. If you're feeling generous, you know, tell us how you enjoy the podcast. Definitely reach out to us on the email. And uh, check out our TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Check out the shorts. Check out... The Instagram reels. It's all faded through time. It's all... Check out those links. The links should be in your bio, by the way. <laughs> Put them in your bio. But if you, if it's not in your bio, go to Faded Through Time, Twitter, Instagram, and you can find that link in the bio, and it's redirect you to all our links. And uh, thank you to everybody listening, and we'll catch you next time on, on Faded, Faded Through Time. time.